it's lights out and away we go hello racers welcome to the first episode of the hard or soft podcast my name is adrian huff i'm your host and i'm joined as always by my co-host and producer rj mccullough how's it going good man good to see you finally good to finally get this going yes uh, absolutely a little little peek behind the curtain for the fans we uh met i guess pretty randomly on reddit what like six weeks ago or so and just been chatting then yeah since then so yeah i i made a post um because i've been wanting to start like a formula one podcast um just because i have really nobody to talk to about this sport and i just kind of made a post saying if anybody out there had any like suggestions or fresh ideas and you made a comment and then you just kind of dm me and we just kind of talked a little bit more got to know each other and then of course i found out that you actually sort of work in the industry and that you know you wanted to potentially help out with the show and then it just kind of turned into both of our show which i think is awesome um yeah but yeah let, tell me well obviously i know a little bit about you but like <laughs> won't you uh tell the listeners a little bit about yourself yeah 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 it's been uh been definitely interesting and cool again you know we've been like talking non-stop for our week so it's good to finally yes. get this started but yeah so a little bit of background uh, about me i live in toronto ontario canada so it's still cold and snowy here right now but that's all right uh yeah just turned 30 well almost turned 31 actually that's coming up but uh nice. yeah i worked in the industry since i was i started at like a golf magazine when i was 16 17 and then went to school for broadcast journalism I uh, took an internship at, there's two main sports networks in Canada, TSN and Sportsnet. So I started, I did an internship with TSN and then an internship with Sportsnet. And then I got hired there about 10, 11 years ago now. And I've just been doing my job title is media coordinator. It's just, it's a long thing to explain, but yeah, so my whole life it's been either working in or playing or revolved around sports, but uh, F1's sort of been a in terms of all the sports that I followed in my life, F1 is definitely the newest, the newest one I've gotten into, but it's become, it's definitely right up there with, I'd say right up there with hockey. And as Canadian, it's obviously all love hockey, but uh, yeah, F1 is, I've never like fallen for a sport like this so fast since I was a little kid. So it's, it's amazing. And it's great to meet someone that's in the same mindset. I think we both got into it relatively same way at the same time. So yeah, if you yes. want to like tell, I don't even know if we've discussed in depth this. So yeah, if you want to mention like how you got into f1 and sort of just your background too sure yeah um i i i mean i you're definitely way more involved in the sports world um but yeah that's that's amazing um i um i started getting into formula one i this this past season the 2021 season is actually the first season that i watched from start to finish the previous season i actually discovered you know like the the formula one youtube channel i would watch like highlights of the race occasionally just because i started getting into racing a little bit um race cars um that just really piqued my interest and then of course i found drive to survive binge that i think i've probably watched that show like three or four times but it is just it has become like the only thing that i've like been following like I like, I, I like football. I like, um, I watch baseball. Of course, um, I'm from Atlanta, so I've gone to see the Braves a couple of times, the Falcons, UGA, my sister's actually a student at UGA. So them just winning the national championship this past season has been pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I am not, uh, in the sports industry. I'm a full-time photographer. I do like stand-up comedy on the side, but I think that kind of makes the dynamic of the show a little bit 
in, more interesting because you sort of have an insight to the sports world. You can, uh, you can provide a little bit more insight, but I'm sort of like the outside perspective, maybe. Um, I don't know that did that just is kind of like my the way my dumb brain thinks. But yeah, I've just um, been become such a huge, massive fan of the sport. Um, but yeah, it is just completely taken over my life, like has pretty much been the only thing that I've paid attention to. I, I'm trying to think of different things to describe myself, but I'm just like so not involved in the sports world. But I, I love sports, you know, I've, I've been watching like football and all that stuff since I was a kid. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a good good year for Georgia sports, which is yeah. pretty rare to say. Um, so yeah, I think we, we talked about early on, like starting the podcast and what we kind of wanted. We kind of had similar ideas about how, you know, Drive to Sur- we both started with Drive to Survive. And I think most, if not, well, I'm not gonna say all, most uh, newish fans in North America, that's how we've gotten into it. And it's become huge. Like you saw the numbers that the was it coda for the u.s grand prix last year like the numbers are rising huge for north american fans and yep. uh we sort of want to be like a voice for obviously for fans long-term fans but also the new fans that are sort of like us that are still learning like we're not going to pretend that we know everything about f1 we're going to make mistakes and if we do feel free listeners to tell us don't yep. be too mean about it but yeah feel free to tell us um <laughs> yeah like we're i think we're both kind of in the same boat in terms of we just want to get we want to have a voice for like-minded fans and just kind of there's especially over this last off season there's just been so much like crap with like what happened and just it there's not too many podcasts in this in this space necessarily especially in north america and Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's it's a good opportunity for us hopefully and we'll just see see what happens right yeah for real and i like you said, it is definitely soaring the popularity over here. But at the same time, I only know one person and like out of my coworkers, my friends, my family, one coworker that watches Formula One. And, you know, that is just like insane because I feel like this is like the most, like it's the coolest, most fascinating, intense and fun sport to watch. Um, So yeah, I definitely think it's a great opportunity. And I do think um, it can be a little bit intimidating to get into the sport because it's nothing like any other sport. I mean, I guess like something like NASCAR, you know, obviously is similar, but at the same time, like, like they have very really few different. similarities. Yeah, exactly. Besides just a guy behind the wheel of a car. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely the sort of like the, the thesis or whatever of the podcast is just sort of, we want to try to help sort of expand um the western audience to formula one and sort of give or just give the new fans kind of a chance to um give them a place to go to to sort of like have a discussion and just basically have two people like us to sort of like be the voice or basically just to answer some questions or whatever that may be but yeah absolutely yeah and it can be uh it can be like you said a bit intimidating kind of a tough sport to to kind of jump into because there is like it's such a it's a very steep learning curve to really understand everything like even when I like tell people that I've fallen in love with F1 most of their first thing I said is like oh you just like watch a car drive around a track for three hours and like well no first of all that's NASCAR but Mm -hmm. (laughs) second of all like it's completely different there's so much behind it all the drama and like the inner team workings and the the cars themselves and like there's just so much fascinating stuff to it and it can be yeah like a little bit almost intimidating to get into so I think if we can help, like you said, maybe, I don't know if help, you know, it, it's hard to say we're going to help, but 
uh, if we can yeah. just sort of be like a place for yeah like-minded people to congregate and uh we can chat with and just to see where it goes and have fun with it and yeah it should yeah. be hopefully an amazing season i mean yes i guess we should probably discuss our uh the way last season ended and yeah we, do, we should probably and... get our biases out of the way i'm clearly a <laughs> <Yeah>. Lewis fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah like you said we are i mean you're more uh knowledgeable than me obviously but neither of us are experts by any means you know we're both just a couple of guys that we're just fans basically um and i definitely think that that's a good thing um that gives us a chance to sort of lessen the tension i guess or make it a little less intimidating um you know if someone's listening to a dumbass like me talk about formula one then that make it make make it a little bit easier to sort of get into the sport but yeah this this past season was just insane um death there's you know i i we both have you know our uh favorite drivers or whatever clearly you've you're a mercedes fan lewis fan and i'm a little bit of a max fan i sort of this past season i sort of gravitated towards red bull and max um i just decided sort of like right at the start of the season i was like all right i'm gonna follow red bull um i'm gonna cheer for them but that doesn't mean I don't love Lewis. I think, I don't think he is the greatest of all time. I definitely think he's better than Schumacher, um, Senna, you know, he's just the greatest of all time. I think at this point it's sort of undisputed because he sort of has, I mean, he does have seven world championships, but I mean, this, this last one's a little, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. A little, yeah, it's a little, little shady, but he's he's incredible and i love bottas um obviously he's not racing with them anymore but i i absolutely love the dynamic with mercedes i think toto is like a great team principal he's i especially the dynamic between him and christian like how they just kind of like jab at each other and sort of bust each other's balls just to sort of add a little bit of like intimidation i love that but uh yeah how long have you um have you always just kind of been like a lewis fan yeah, I guess like before I even got into F1, I, Lewis was sort of the first driver that I was aware of because he's obviously so good. And then yeah. generally, like I, I'll admit, I hate when people jump into sports and become like a front runner. But yep. so I didn't want necessarily to be a Lewis fan, but or like, you know, the top teams fan. But I just pretty much just fell in love with how he like composed himself in the media and like his style of driving. It's it's very different than like a Schumacher or even a Senna or a a max you know they're a little more in my opinion a little more aggressive which is is fine like this is style of driving um and lewis can be as well but a little more like tactical i think is maybe the word that we've used um so yeah i just i just like love everything about on and off the track about lewis and i certainly respect max i mean my background is dutch so like i have every reason in the world to love max yeah but i don't know it just there's been a few times where he's rubbed me the wrong way and that could change over the years i don't dislike him by any means i respect him so much he's an amazing driver um but yeah it's definitely like lewis my favorite i'd say i mean i get we'll get into our favorite drivers at some point but yeah like i'd say lewis lando is probably lando and danny maybe two and three for me but yeah like i, I guess have do you have like a favorite and a least favorite or are you just kind of oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i there's I, I can't say that I actually dislike any of the drivers because um, I, I I do think they're all I mean, you have to be extremely talented to make it to Formula One, you know, whether you 
pr- pretty much have like a paid seat. You can't get put in that car if you don't have like a top mindset and a top skill level. Um, Lewis is definitely one of my favorites. I think he is just incredible. Like you said, his driving style is just um, so precise. He's so just skillful. Like I feel like his skill level is just unbelievable. And like Brazil in this past year, like just watching him completely and utterly dominate the field, like go from the back to the front of the grid. It is just, it was hard to not, or it was, it was hard to root for Max. I'm not even going to lie for uh, during that weekend. Cause it was like one of the most incredible achievements I've ever seen. He is incredible. So I, I it's, it's going to be hard for me to not cheer for him this year because I do as I, even though I am a Max fan, um, the finale Grand Prix this past season definitely was not good. Um, you know, there's been so much toxicity and just, just terrible, like cancerous opinions and takes that people have had, um, you know, everybody's entitled their opinion, but saying that, you know, just some really evil things people have been saying, racist, horrible things. Um, it, it was, I think it was a big fuck up. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's even hard to, to even grasp because it's such a, it's like just, so, there was so much buildup and I'm not even going to lie. It was disappointing. Like in the moment I was, I was like screaming at my TV and it, <laughs> right, right. but I didn't have really the hindsight. Um, when it ended, I sort of was like, I was just like, something about this doesn't feel right. And I know, you know, Red Bull was like, obviously extremely excited, but when you put entertainment above safety and rules, that's not right. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, every, everyone involved, I think is pretty open with the fact that it was handled wrong. Like, I, I don't even, I don't even know to say there's so much, there's so much to go into with it that it would, we probably wouldn't be able to do it justice to like recap the entire race and everything that happened. Yeah. Um, I definitely think we can, I feel like, um in one of our episodes um before the season begins i I think we can devote an entire episode to just mostly recapping um the finale i definitely think that could because yeah like you said i don't know if we could do it justice um by (laughs) just sort of like quickly recapping because it's just it's too much to yeah, it's too much to discuss in this first episode because we do have a lot of notes and a lot of things to go through for this episode. But just the starting, like the the fact that he caught up, it was a one-point deficit. It's It had the potential to be like one of the most epic moments in sporting history. And it just sort of, the ending was just sort of tanked. Um, of course, most people that are listening to this are familiar with what happened. Um, but yeah, I do think if you're not, uh, <laughs> then damn, you have a lot of a lot of information to to read through because i mean i i do think um that the repercussions that the fia has had have been um warranted firing massey if that's how you i think that's how you pronounce his name but yeah firing him i think was the i think that was the best move because he just it seemed like he had he had messed up a lot during the season but that that the last race was just irredeemable and it was i i think that the the i don't know if it's like a rule or whatever it is but the 
the team principals having direct communication with the race director should not be allowed. Um, I definitely think, like you said, like you, like we had talked about um, a couple of days ago, um, Red Bull and Mercedes were both in his ear, but of course, um, what was his name? The, it wasn't Christian Horner. It was the other Red Bull guy on the pit wall. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have been helmet Marco. I don't think I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it, regardless. Yeah. He, yeah, he was, he pretty much said, let's let the cars between Max and Lewis yeah. unlap themselves, but let the ones behind them not so we can get the final lap. And it was, you know, a split second decision that had massive repercussions. Um, yeah. Just all around a really terrible, terrible incident, honestly. Yeah, and like I guess we, there's no way to know what other pressures were on him. Like if there's the FAA itself was saying, you know, we we don't want this to end under a safety, or we we want them to, we want an exciting finish, or whatever the case may be. People can have their conspiracy theories, but even as a Lewis fan, I don't, I don't think there's anything racist or anything involved in the actual decision. I think to to say that or to say that the FAA didn't want him to get his eighth title, like I think that's a bit much. Like mm-hmm. I, I just think things happened, and I mean it's funny as as a person that sort of at the end of the year I was I'm not gonna lie I was rooting a little bit against Red Bull not even because of Max just Christian Horner he's so good at his job that I sometimes dislike him you know like he's I can't deny that he's amazing at his job but he just pisses me off sometimes but mm-hmm. I guess that it's like when you hate someone in a movie it's like well they're then they're a good actor because you hate them yeah you know? he's he can definitely be extremely unlikable at times <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I guess just to uh, put a button on that. So Massey was replaced as race director, uh, Niels Wittich and Eduardo Fritis. There's no chance I got those pro- the pronunciation of those proper- <laughs> done properly, but that's okay. Um, Niels worked in the World Endurance Championship and Eduardo was in DTM. Can't, I'm not going to pretend I know what DTM stands for. But uh, yeah, so they have some some experience as race directors, but Again, I, I'm going to have to do a bit more of a deep dive into what their history is. Um, I'm kind of hoping that as the season gets picked up a little more, they'll the F1 will kind of tell us as fans like they they've yet to really come out and say like we admit we made them we made a mistake, but it's pretty clear by the actions they've made replacing Massey that they essentially are admitting that they made a mistake. So oh yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And I, I do like the idea of having two guys at the helm. And it's also from how they've described it, it seems more like that the those two are making like the final decision, but there's like a team of people who are like having discussions, looking at information and sort of making, giving them input basically. So it's not just one guy making the final call. And I, I do think that's smart. Um, you know, um, I obviously Red Bull have been very vocal that they're against the firing of Michael, but I mean, of course they have to, he's the reason they have the driver's championship in 2021. Um, yeah. Uh, God, um, helmet Marco, he is, he makes it hard for me to be a Red Bull fan. Cause I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely dislike that man. I yes. feel like he just is, he's so toxic and you know, that's part of the game is kind of shitting on your, competitors or whatever but he just takes it too far man like Even to the point where this week he's still like twisting the knife on lewis I'm like yes he easy. is yes yeah. exactly and he's he was talking he was talking crap about mclaren like because they're 
original design that they posted didn't have like a sponsor or anything on the side and he was basically saying like they're begging for a sponsor or something it's like come on dude Um, i'm sure they're i'm sure they're okay yeah (laughs) yeah right uh but yeah uh that makes it really really difficult but i i think it's going to be interesting this next season that they've now they've disabled the fia radio so we won't get to hear the communication sadly but it also if if i'm correct on this um to my knowledge the the team principals won't have like direct contact with the directors if anything they'll have contact with like one of like the liaisons or whoever are in the room with them which i still don't like the idea that the team principals have influence over rulemaking decisions like at all but i do think that they've taken steps in the right direction for sure yeah no i completely agree um yeah as far as i understand there's like a almost like a middleman where they can someone that they can squawk to and then if, if it's worthy of reporting to the race director then it'll get to them but it's not like that constant direct conversation and all of that stuff and like toto trying to get in his ear and it, it was all year like it, it was yep. literally all year between toto and christian and um but yeah they have new a new thing i think they're trying to say it's a bit like var where they can they'll have like a team or robinson like hockey they have it's called like a war room where you know, if there's like a close call, they won't just leave it up to the race director. They'll have sort of a team of guys in a room that are looking at every angle and every whatever you want, every possibility and all that. So that's at mm-hmm. least from a fan's perspective. Um, at the end of last year, I think a lot of fans, whether whether Hamilton fans or just fans of the sport, even as you said, even as a Max fan, um, a lot of people kind of were left looking like, okay, going into that race that could have ended as the best F1 season of all time. And after the race, we're looking at it like, do, do why do I put why am I putting so much time and and energy into this sport when this is what's going to happen like if, it, if it's going to be just at the, at the first like week or two after it was like do I even want to watch F1 after this right but obviously that's changed now I couldn't be more excited for the season but it is nice to see that they've at least acknowledged um without acknowledging that they made a mistake they've acknowledged that they made a mistake you know yeah yeah sort of indirectly it's yeah. it's going to be fascinating I'll say I'm I still love Red Bull. Um, mostly, I, I like Sergio a lot. I think he's a good driver. Um, but I'm definitely a Max fan. Like you said, he's he, he can definitely rub you the wrong way a lot. He's rubbed me the wrong way a couple of times during the season as well. But I just like him as a driver. Um, but this season, I, I think I'm going to be a Ferrari fan. I'm not even going to lie. I just, the car, the, and I love Charles and Carlos. I think they're just like such a cool duo. I just like, think it's perfect and i and i feel like ferrari's due for a little bit of a redemption especially after the last couple of years but it's going to be interesting um how it all plays out because there's a lot of changes not only to the cars and the rules but just to everything i mean we're getting new tracks and now we're getting less tracks apparently because i guess we won't they won't be going to russia this year and yeah, there's we'll talks get into that later <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it's uh, going to be interesting yeah i guess that's a perfect segue, segue then do you want to get into um the liver our livery rankings for the year yeah let's yeah i think that's a good idea um if you want to kick off the your list first then i can run through mine and then we can definitely talk about um sort of our favorite teams and our least favorite teams and and drivers all right so liveries let me just get my list out here i'm gonna go reverse (laughs) reverse order okay yep you want me to go 10 to 1 and then you'll go yeah all right number 10 this kind of goes without saying with it, with what everything's happened. And this is just livery, but Haas has to be 10. I mean, yeah, 
That's okay. almost just a given right now. But uh, okay, so I'm just gonna go through till I get to the top three. I'm just gonna rip through them. Number nine, Alfa Romeo. Number eight, and I'll put pictures and stuff up. Alpine. Seven, I'm sorry, Red Bull. Six, Williams. Five, McLaren. Four, Alpha Tauri. Three, Mercedes. Two, Aston Martin. And number one, Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, that's it's, beautiful. It, it's a beautiful car. It, it, yeah, it is. It definitely is. Um, mine's mine's a little bit different. Um, you know, I was definitely excited during the reveal, um, but I definitely think my least favorite is um, the Alpine or the Alpine. I I love the all pink look. It goes back to the Racing Point days, um, but just the the blue and pink. I think at first glance it's cool, but seeing it on track, it's just, it's almost like I, I w- it's, it should have been like maybe like a gradient where it's like, instead of just like two blocky colors, but um, I don't know. I just, it, it, it almost looks a little bit um, ugly to me um, in the sunlight at least. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I hope people I, don't, I don't hate me for saying that, but uh, <laughs> next is going to be, um, excuse me, it's going to be Williams. I like the blue a lot. I think it's really cool, but it's just a little bit too basic for me. So that's going to be number nine. Number eight is Alfa Romeo. I think it's got a really, really cool vintage look to it. Um, I love the like Italian, the red, white and green look on the, um, on the tail. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it's nothing really special. It looks really similar to the last year's car. Um, Next would be Haas. I I actually like their the way their livery looks now that they've taken off their sponsor. Yes, and again, yes, we'll I agree. Get, it would move up my list on in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we'll get into that, but uh, <laughs> I think the the all white with when they took off the sponsor, it just gave it more of like it looked less clutter to me, and I like that a lot. Um. After that would be McLaren. I think that is just such a sleek looking car. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, after that would be Alpha Tauri. I think they've improved their design from last year a lot. It just looks really, really sleek to me. Um, then after that's going to be Red Bull. Just because I am just a big Red Bull fan. I, I love the colors they do. And just comparing the, the last year's car to this year's car, it's just so gorgeous to me. Um, then next would be Aston Martin. It's close. I, I think that green, especially in the sun, it's just, oh my God, it's so nice. It's amazing. Um, then after that would be Mercedes. I think, yeah, that's number two, right? Thanks. So. <laughs> I've lost track. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the Mercedes, I love them going back to the silver. It's great. The little bit of green on there. Um, it's a it's just a beautiful car. Like it really is. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, but then of course, number one, like you, is Ferrari. It's just like the, 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 the tail fins, the shape, the way it bends, the red, it is so intimidating and it's just, it looks amazing. And of course it, it seems like it's the fastest car and I'm, that's not what I'm basing my ranking off of, but God, it is just, oh, I would love to see that car in person. It would be so cool. It is so gorgeous. Yeah. They absolutely nailed it with, with everything. It's arguably the nicest Ferrari that I, like the, I saw pictures online of all the Ferraris through the years. It's arguably the nicest one. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Like it's simple, but it's just, it's so nice. Um, but yeah, I think with the, the Alpine, you pointed out, I think as you pointed out that 
when they're in their uh i don't want to say outfits like they're their racing gear it looks like yeah. they're like baskin robbins employees yeah. like i couldn't unsee that and yeah when they did their i think I, I i felt guilty to um when teams do their launches i just want to like the car so bad that when i see the yep. first look i'm always like oh it looks nice it looks nice and then you see it on the track sometimes and that's definitely one where it went from maybe like middle of the pack to me to i think i had it like eight or nine like it's mm-hmm. it's definitely uh definitely disappointing and then yeah it's interesting they're doing the pink car for the first two and then there's going back to that one so who knows yeah, that's, I, I i didn't i didn't read if there was like a reason behind that but i i think it's cool that they're doing the all pink but just the first two races is so strange to me because i know mclaren likes to do their um like the monaco or the gulf live livery or whatever mm-hmm. um it just seems like something that they would maybe do like at certain races like maybe at the french grand prix or something like that um the, it's, it's sort of an odd choice to me um i was sort of hoping that they would stick with the all pink but you know they've changed obviously they've now um gone f- through three different names at this point but i like the spirit of it but just the execution i'm not really a big fan of yeah no i completely agree and the, the other one thing i was reading somewhere that after the first two races I, I don't i think it's just a coincidence that they chose two races for the livery but after the first two races teams kind of have the opportunity to decide what they are going to approve or disprove of what other teams have done because obviously with the new regulations there's going to be huge differences like we saw with ferrari they have those like side pod things that yeah it looks like if it rains they would just get filled up with water but uh, yeah. i saw ted kravitz i think it is like ted's notebook and he was basically explaining it's like a he used like a baby bell shell and like the air just goes in and comes out and it, I don't know yeah. how the science of it doesn't make sense to me, but I mean, it's one of those things that could be a huge advantage. And then even if other teams can catch up after two races, if you can bank like two wins, there's 50 points, you know? So yeah, it'd be very interesting to see the differences in the teams. I was just going to say, I hope, cause I know there's sort of like a grace period between these two testing, um, events that they teams can sort of protest if they notice something about another team's car and i'm just <laughs> ferrari's looking so good i'm just so worried that toto or christian's gonna be like nope get rid of it get rid of it that's not right sort of like how they did well i guess when what i guess that was what the 2019 season when ferrari was just extremely fast they weren't able to beat lewis obviously but um then they hit them with the regulation change at the end of the season. And then the next season, they were just like slow. Um, I'm really afraid that something like that's going to happen, but yeah, the, the, the way it bends, like you said, it does look like it, if it was in the wet, it would just get flooded, but it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be really, really cool to see them racing and on track. Yeah. I think and everyone from top to bottom, I think everyone wants, just wants to see like closer, closer racing, closer battles and a more, like as great as great as it was last year just having lewis and max pretty much off in the distance on their own like two legends basically in the making going battling i think everyone would love to see you know back to i forget if it was 2009 2010 and there was like six different teams that had a chance every week or something you know even if it's just uh mercedes rebel mclaren and ferrari those eight guys and then a few like if Vettel can get in there or whatever you know if you if there's if you go into a race and you have the possibility of 10 guys could win that race, I mean, that would be unbelievable and be so cool with the new regulations with, it seems like the cars are able to, from first testing, it seems like they are able to trail a little bit better. 
So that'll be really cool if they are actually tighter in terms of actual speed and then tighter in terms of actual ability without the dirty air. So we'll exactly. See. Yeah. Cause that's the whole reason that they've raised the front wing, right? So it like the dirty air affects them less. I mean, that's what the FIA is claiming that these new cars are like, that's what the change is for is that they're going to be able to overtake more and the fighting is going to be um, a lot closer, which if I, if I could have one wish for this upcoming season, it would be exactly what you said. I don't just want to see Max and Lewis in the distance, Mercedes and Red Bull just going at it. I'm, I think not only me, I know that a lot of people are sick of it, you know, um, obviously they're going to be up front. Um, they're going to be doing great, but I just want to see more teams and more drivers competing for uh, Ferrari and McLaren, obviously, but I would love to see Vettel up at the front. And I also, I want to see some of the back markers get more points. Cause I mean, Haas, I don't, they didn't get any points that past season. I don't think Williams, I think it's a miracle that they were even able to get any points, which to their credit, they got points in numerous Grand Prix, which I think that's pretty remarkable, but Alfa Romeo ended up with just a handful of points. That's just, that's just disappointing, especially for uh, Kimmy's last season, but it would just be great to have more teams up at the front. Yeah. All right. I couldn't agree more. Um, do we want to discuss porpoising or is that something that you think will be decided yes. by fixed by the start of the season? It's, it's like the, the key, the new buzzword in F1. I'm, yeah. I, I only know the very basis, which my explanation, and then I'll let you explain. Cause I'm sure you know better than me. All I know basically is at the end of straights, there's a bit of a, like a bouncing effect when they try and go into like their breaking point or when mm-hmm. the downforce is supposed to kick in, the car sort of bounces, which can yep. be very dangerous, but also that's not what you want. And they didn't expect no. it to happen, but I don't understand really the reasoning behind it or what. So what do you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I pretty much know as far as like what causes it um, pretty much the same extent as you, but I do know that Zach, Zach Brown, um, said he he said that um that he said something because mclaren is like one of the few teams that that hasn't been an issue and in an interview they asked him like what did they do and he was pretty much like we don't have an answer we have no idea why our car isn't doing that which i think is total bs obviously they know what they they have some sort of fix but according to um the the team principal of ferrari binotto is that how you pronounce his name yeah binotto binotto i'm not sure because they always say in the italian yeah. No, okay. um, according to him, they've fixed that problem. Um, I don't know if that's just him playing mind games with Red Bull and Mercedes and McLaren, but he says that it's not an issue for them anymore, but they were still having issues with it in the last day of testing. So it's, it, it could be a problem for all the teams. Honestly, it's definitely dangerous. It can cause, you know, mechanical issues, you know, if, and it'll be interesting if um, like some of the lower teams, that are having a little more trouble with the development of their car. If they keep having that issue throughout the season, um, could be a big problem for sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, so we're recording this on Sunday night. I'm not, we're not exactly sure when it's going to officially be out, but as of this moment, it's basically two weeks until cars are, or they're going to be pulling into the first race in Bahrain. So there's on one hand, a lot of time, but on another hand, not a lot of time. And it's going to be just fascinating to see, like every this week, it's almost like there's so much stuff happens every day. It's hard to keep up. And yep. this week, I mean, I think we're almost ready to get into the Haas situation um, because yeah. that's going to be something that is going to really bubble up even more this week. And um, yeah, I don't know if you want to discuss the the Russia situation and, and what's been going on. 
sure yeah um yeah geez it's a lot um yeah it's definitely it's definitely something that's going to have lasting effects throughout the entire season but obviously the situation in ukraine it's developing you know it's only like the fourth or fifth day um you know we're not gonna we're not gonna really get into the whole details of like the actual conflict it's obvious you know everybody has the exact same stance it's horrible it's horrific it's scary um evil you know it but Haas obviously is an american team but they have deep roots in russia their biggest sponsor is a russian sponsor and nikita mazepin is a russian driver he's connected to that sponsor he's their second driver and now that this is happening that russia is invading ukraine and sort of doing these horrible horrible things obviously um it's the russian government you know there's protests happening all over russia with the citizens saying you know it's not right that they don't want this but you know i don't know if it was Hass's decision on their own or if like their others of their other sponsors were sort of pressuring them but they decided to pull um that russian sponsor um which <laughs> which was why they kind of went up in my livery list yes. um but yeah there's that and this is them, them removing the sponsor is going to have a huge implication for their season because not only are they losing a, a lot of money but they could be losing a driver um, they haven't commented on exactly the decision they're going to make. I think we'll see what that is this week. Um, hopefully in the next episode, we'll be able to have a, uh, an answer <laughs> for that. But, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just, and the, the fact that this is happening so early into the season, um, or sorry, so deep and like into the testing, like it's already the ball's already rolling and now this this crap is happening it's just it's mind-boggling it really is and of course they canceled the russian gp so <laughs> i don't know i think i think they claim uh gunther said gunther steiner the race director for haas said that they're going to be fine without that sponsor that there's other well like they have a war chest or whatever it's called um he said that they're going to be fine for the season but I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if you have any other uh, views on that or your hindsight, but I mean, it's crazy. Anyone that's watched Strive to Survive, I can just picture Gene Haas having that conversation with Gunther and being like, I I can't keep putting more money into this thing. Like, we're not making any money here. And I feel bad for them because, like, there is no way for them. I mean, you could make the case you get in bed with the Russian government, but I'm not going to go into politics, stuff like that. but yeah, there's no way for them to know. And for this to happen now, right before the season, um, and everyone knows Mazepin, he's a paid driver. Um, he's widely regarded as, let's say, the least good driver on the grid. But yeah, it's unfortunate. His comments this week didn't do him any favors. Um, it's, it's a tough situation to be in, but, and, and like he, he probably has to go back and live in Russia. So, I mean, it's tough to come kind of against it. Um, we're seeing it across other sports like Alexander Ovechkin in hockey he's getting kind of bashed for his statements and there's been other guys that have come out against it and they've had bad things happen to them. So it's, it's an impossible situation, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with the fall without having their main sponsor. And then the other kind of wrinkle to that is uh, we've seen Andretti racing has been very vocal about trying to get into the sport. Apparently they've been trying to buy Haas for the last two years and they've (laughs) been unsuccessful. And now the F1 saying maybe in 2024, 
they're gonna have to pay a 200 million dollar fee which they're saying no problem that's they can find that in their couch cushions essentially <laughs> and so that's something that i mean i think it's probably too late for that to happen but i mean there is a i guess a world and a possibility that andretti becomes that main sponsor i have no idea and i think right now the discussions of who would replace mazepin if that were to happen because his dad is I don't exactly know his ties, but he's like the main stakeholder in the con- the company that was sponsoring them or something of yep. that nature. Yep, so really exactly. without those ties, there's no real reason to keep Nikita as their driver unless it's just too far down the road. But I guess what yeah. they've discussed is Giovinazzi or Nico Hulkenberg are the two leading candidates, but mm-hmm. who knows the, like if Andretti were to get that sponsorship, they, he's been very vocal about in their, in IndyCar, he, has a team Andretti and their number one drivers, I think I believe he's 21 years old, Colton Herta, mm-hmm. Herta, Herta. Um, and he's like a really talented up and coming driver. He's the youngest driver to win an IndyCar race. He won three races last year. Uh, his dad was um, like a very successful race car driver himself, as many drivers are. Yeah. Uh, so that, that'd be very interesting, especially like, as we said at the top of the podcast, <clears throat> like the, the growing market in North America for, for the sport it's not an untapped market but it's a huge market that they obviously want to capitalize on they're already adding another race uh the numbers through the roof netflix is thriving blah 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 but if that were to happen that'd be that'd be huge for the audience of the us to get an american driver and a young american driver that i don't think he has his super license yet if but i think if he were to finish fourth top four this year in, in indy and also f1 has the ability to just say like no we think you're good enough we'll give you the super yeah. license which yeah. kind of defeats the purpose of it all but um, mm-hmm. So that would be, I know it's a bit of a tangent, <laughs> I'll stop with my low rant, but it was, uh, it's, it's an interesting little wrinkle that whether it happens in two years or it happens this year or next year, and I think Andretti Racing, it seems at this point is it's almost inevitable that they're going to get into the sport. So whether it's an 11th team or they replace another team, it remains to be seen, but I, it, it'll be very interesting. And just on that, Indy had their first race this season today and Colton here to finish fourth. And Roman Grosjean, the former Indy, or sorry, former F1, obviously one of the most famous crashes of the first few years, or last few yep. years, unfortunately, uh, he finished fifth. So he's he's doing pretty well there. So interesting. Yeah, that's definitely that's something I need to get more into is IndyCar. Um, I actually had no idea that their season was about to start until you said something, um, which that's great because I need more racing content. That's yeah, not NASCAR. I was missing it. Uh, that's yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, fourth place. That is. That's, I mean, that's great. That's great news for him. Um, I think you're, what you said is exactly on the money. It's, it's a really tough situation for Gene Haas and Gunther. Um, because, you know, without the, obviously I'm sure they care about Nikita and I'm sure they are very fond of him as a person, but you know, with just his track record as a driver, he's obviously the worst driver on the grid in my, I mean, to me, I think he's the worst and statistically he's also the worst, but he's there's just really no reason to keep him and especially being an american team i think the potential to have an american driver if they were to go that route with andretti could be a really great uh potential uh boost for them honestly and for the sport itself um i if i don't know if that's something that haas is even considering and if it's not then i really do genuinely hope that uh the fia allows andretti to join in 2024 because I think there needs to be some fresh faces in, in the sport, um, more competition, which could be scary to some of the other teams, but yeah, it's, 
I, I hope that's the route that it goes because just, yeah, the whole situation is just not great. Yeah. We saw it like a few years ago when it was, uh, and everyone was saying it was like the pink Mercedes and there was a, yep. a threat from a new team and the teams at the top don't necessarily like that, but it's good for the sport. Yep. And especially if it's with a young American driver, who if, it's not to say he's going to be like a legend of the sport or anything, but it would just be really good for, um, for the sport and for Americans and young up, young up and coming American drivers to see that in the sport. And that's a possibility. Cause I mean, here in Canada, we'd have two of maybe the, not the best drivers on the grid, but I mean, like so to get into F1, especially like Latifi, he is a bit of a pay driver, but he, he doesn't have a dad that owns a team. Whereas right. Stroll, I'll be the first to admit, he's certainly not my favorite driver. He's near the bottom, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's just, it's, it's a developing situation. Like you said, it's just going to, it's definitely going to be something that we're going to keep uh, discussing throughout the episodes. Cause there's definitely going to be more developments happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, and there's really no way to see or to even predict what's going to happen because already this has just been so crazy and unpredictable. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, so do you want to do some preseason predictions or do you think we should wait until maybe another week or so until we get a little bit more information on what's going on? Yeah, if, if you we can we can maybe just discuss like sort of like what's been going on in the preseason and some of the results okay. some of the teams have been getting because, um, yeah. you know, that's pretty much what we can base off or base what's going to happen in the season off of. Um, I think some of the I'll start off with some of the teams that I think look the weakest. Obviously, I think Alfa Romeo, if I had to pick one team, I think that looks the weakest. It's Alfa Romeo. Um they they looked pretty good in the speed traps. I think Bottas was in like the top seven. Um, but at the same time, I think in day three, Nikita had the fastest speed trap, <laughs> um, which, you know, that obviously doesn't mean anything. Teams run different setups, but it seems that they're having really a really hard time with reliability. Um, they did not get a lot of laps in same with Haas, but obviously I don't know if that was a reliability issue. I think that was more of a PR issue and mm -hmm. sort of like a scrambling problem. But yeah, Alfa Romeo just doesn't look very strong to me. And again, you know, they could come out of the gate. So Bottas could come and, you know, get a podium, you know, for all we know, it's, it's totally up in the air. But um, I think also um, Alpine is looking a little bit rough too. They seem to have, they didn't seem to get a, uh, a ton of laps in and Fernando Alonso, obviously his car broke down and I don't know if it caught fire, but it was like smoking like crazy. I don't know if you saw that picture of him standing yeah, there. It's a cool but, picture actually. It is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you know, the same thing happened to Aston Martin, you know, Seb, of course that man does everything. He had a fire extinguisher extinguishing his own car. Um, but they seem to look <laughs> a little bit better because I think in day one, he was like third fastest if I, if I'm correct, I've seen so many like uh, lists of drivers and times that though I yeah. only remember to be honest, like who led after each day, which as you said, yeah. you have to take with such a grain of salt because we don't know their setups. We don't know how much fuel they have in the car. We don't know if they're sandbagging, but it does seem there's a bit of a pattern in terms of the teams that are performing at the top. Yep. So yeah, if I guess you mentioned earlier, Ferrari does seem to be, Seems to be, and other teams have even mentioned, Ferrari does seem to be a little bit ahead in terms of the top team on the grid right now. But I remember at this point last year, people were kind of frowning or looking down on Mercedes, which turned they obviously won 
the constructors last year. So yeah, it's hard to tell right now, but it does look like Ferrari's definitely going to have a good car. They've been improving. So it does make sense. And they're Ferrari. They, it's better for the sport when they're good. So yeah, it seems like, it does seem like them and McLaren, you mentioned they're not having the same issues with porpoising. So them too. And then obviously you can never count out Red Bull and Mercedes, but um, yeah, are there any other teams or anything with any other teams that have stuck out to you? Any other drivers? Uh, George Russell uh, is, I, I know that first day that came out, people were kind of losing their mind because I think Hamilton was like 11th and Russell was like ninth, and it was just like, yeah. come on. And then day three, he's like at the top. So right. I think, Rus- yeah, I think Russell's actually, I, I, I think he's looking very impressive. You know, um, it's going to be really, really cool seeing him in a Mercedes, you know, we haven't seen a new driver in a Mercedes in years Um, to see him go up against Lewis, you know, the newcomer, the new blood going up against the absolute legend. That's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, Cause I I do, I I like George Russell. I know some people have their opinions on him, but I, I, I think he just see, he seems like a really cool dude. He seems like a really nice guy and he's obviously a great racer. I mean, he got, he he qualified what second in uh belgium or no yeah was it third second third he got a podium which because they didn't really do the race right right yeah Uh, um it was unbelievable in that car in the wet like that's that race in itself like i know he obviously has an incredible resume too coming up winning at every stage but that race in itself is almost enough to well that qualifying that Mm -hmm. lap in itself is almost enough to look at and be like, okay, he, he does deserve that seat, you know? Yeah. I, I bet I, I, I would bet money that that was like the moment where Toto was like, okay, if Bottas doesn't sign for another year, he's our guy. Yeah. Cause I know it came out that um, Toto actually offered Bottas another, he offered him a one year extension, but Bottas was like, I need more than that. Cause yeah, I listened to his interview. He did um, on the beyond the grid podcast. He, he pretty much said that exactly. He was like, I've been on one year contracts pretty much my entire career. And that brings a lot of stress, brings a lot of, a lot of pressure. Uh, and he just didn't want to do that again this season. So I guess, you know, and obviously he said him and Toto were still on very good terms. Obviously he helped him get the seat at Alfa Romeo. Um, and he said he had the choice between Williams and um, Alfa Romeo. So, and he liked how Alfa Romeo was looking. So I wonder if he's sort of, regretting that decision or if he still is optimistic about their chances this year yeah i didn't know that uh, did he race at williams prior to mercedes as well i believe so yeah i think he did but yeah that's because in- you think uh like from at first glance you think well like one year contract whatever like stay with the number one team but when i didn't hear that entire interview but i did see a clip of that part um him him explaining it, and he makes a very good point like if you're you can never be comfortable when you're always on a one-year contract and you're always a second driver and no matter what, there's really no, almost like no upside other than obviously winning the, the constructor championship. But anytime you do well, it's, oh, he's in the best car. Anytime you do poorly, it's, oh, how he's horrible. He's ruining Lewis's chances, blah, 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 blah. So for him to get, you know, be the leader of a team, uh, get a multi-year contract and sort of be able to make his own name again for himself. I think that's, a, it's gonna be very interesting to follow that. Up and down the grid, there's, there's a lot of very interesting, I agree, Russell and and Lewis is definitely one to watch for me as well. Um, but yeah, there's so many. I'm, I'm really interested actually to see how Checo um, 
performs with Max this year because he was definitely like in a supporting role last year for sure. But he's made yeah. a few a few comments like, you know, he wants to try and win a title himself. He doesn't always just he doesn't want just want to be, you know, Max's lackey. He wants to push for, for himself. So it, I think it'll be interesting if he's able to get a good grasp of the car. He is another guy that seemed to sort of struggle with it could have been reliability, but in the preseason testing so far, he hasn't, from what I've seen, done a ton. But mm -hmm. uh yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see. I mean, I love Danny Rick and Lando. So, and then yes. same with the Ferrari boys. I love them too. So just up and down the grid, there's so many fascinating storylines. So it's going to be great. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll go into my, uh, I'll give you my top five drivers. All right. Give Let's you my do top, it. top five drivers right now. And I think, you know what, actually, I basically have two tiers. I have my, my top three and then I have one, two, three, five guys. So I'm really giving you eight guys. It's, it's cool. It's a tier one and a tier two. Tier one, Lewis, Lando, Danny. I love all those guys. Yes. Um, Lando, I think when Lewis leaves, Lando's probably going to be my new, my new favorite. Um, Danny, he could just go right into broadcasting if he wanted to. He's he's hilarious. Yes. You can't not like him. Uh, just just great all around. I think he he kills it in Drive to Survive too. He's made a ton of fans. Um, he was on. I don't know if you listen to the Part of My Take podcast, sports podcast. The number one sports podcast, according to them. Uh, oh, okay. He, he's been on there a few times and just hilarious. Like he's just just a down to earth, cool guy. Um, and then yeah, my second tier. So I've got in no particular order for these ones because the switch is week to week for me. Yeah. I really like Pierre Gasly. I love Pierre Gasly. Uh, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Sebastian Vettel, and Carlos Sainz. Those are my yeah. Those are my lovers. Oh, lovers. Like, let me repeat that. Those are my loves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do, if, if, if Charles wanted to be my lover, I'm straight. But you know what? It would <laughs> be hard it. to turn him down. He's Because that is right. he is one handsome bastard. <laughs> yes. but, my mom's in love with Lewis Hamilton. She thinks he's the hottest guy on the entire planet. He, she loves he, him. He, he's a handsome fellow. He, yes, for sure. He... I mean, he, he's almost 40. He does not look 40. Like, <laughs> no, I remember, yeah, when I first started watching and I, I was like, is he? And they were like, he was racing back in like 2006, 2007. If you go back, I, I love going back, like those old, um, the old footage of him. He almost looks older back then. <laughs> His I don't know. burns back then were <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah, he looks like a completely different person. He does. And he's just, he's, I, and of course he's iconic because he shows up to the grid and like all these like really nice, crazy outfits, which is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's big into fashion, which I dig. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and obviously, you know, he's got the dreads. He just, he just, he's, he's badass. That's just the yeah, only way yeah. to say it. He's just a badass. Um, I, I can't, I, I, I love all the drivers you listed. Um, I, I, the only, I think the only thing I would change uh pretty much i would add max to the the right, the list because yeah because i'm just a big fan of his um as of now i think the only change i would make to your list is i would add bottas because i i really yeah. i love bottas i think i just think he's a really great guy and i feel like out of all the drivers on the grid he just gets he gets the most flack and i you know sometimes there's there's reasons because i it was he obviously caused that huge crash at um was it Hungary? Uh gosh. Yes, Hungary when he yeah. slammed into the back of um Lando, I believe. It was Lando or Charles, one of them, and then yeah, Max got taken out. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing that got... didn't happen at the end of the year. No, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, I feel like he's so good. I, he's such a good driver. He obviously qualifies. I think he's, he does qualify better than he races. He does struggle mm-hmm. sometimes as far as overtaking and keeping up pace in a race. But if, if you want to, if you want to get a good sense of how just somehow it can, like the formula one community can be toxic, but also like really, really cool at the same time as if during anytime during like a grand prix look at just the live feed on the subreddit on the formula one subreddit people's comments are so ridiculous like i you'll see you'll see like people say like bottas is amazing he's so good he 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 deserves a world championship and then you'll see comments that are like he's ass he's the worst he doesn't deserve his seat he shouldn't be a formula one driver and it's like yeah yeah but (laughs) yeah but as but yeah he's I just feel like out of all the drivers, he deserves a little bit more credit because, I mean, he literally was racing against the greatest of all time. And I mean, how can you compete with that? And the fact that he held his own, I mean, it's become a meme now. Hamilton bought ass for Stappen, the ham bot verse or ham for boss. Yeah, it's, yeah whatever. The... That's, yeah. And sadly, we may not get that ever again, those three in the top in the top three, but I just think he deserves a little bit more credit because he's done a lot. And I think anybody, obviously we'll see how Russell does in his position, but anybody else in that position would not have been able to hold their own as well. And the fact he was able to hold the seat for so long, you got to commend the guy. And he's also a really cool. Yeah. He's, he's so cool. I love my God. um, Just his like finish personality is just, (laughs) I love everything about him. He's just really cool. And I just, I wish him the best of luck at Alfa Romeo. I really hope he does at least get some points and have some success with that team. Yeah, I agree. And he's also great at social media. He won the, uh, what was that award they gave him last year? It was, it was some sort of like social media winner of the year, but it was, they had a, yeah. some, they had a funny name for it or something, but he had his mm-hmm. little trophy and everything. But yeah, he's great yeah. at social media. He's great at showing like the behind the scenes of stuff on and off the track. So yeah, no, I definitely, uh, he, he's up there. He's, he almost made the list for me, but just mm-hmm. just just didn't quite, quite make it. And then I I kind of don't necessarily want to say least favorite drivers, but because um, we've also kind of gone over that too. Um, yeah, I think Mazpan for for most people kind of takes the cake for that. Yeah. And then I when I first got started getting into F1, I wasn't a big fan of Alonso because uh, when him and Lewis were back in the day, they had some battles and they were on a team together. And uh, I read a book from one of the the, uh, like the pit crew at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of just bad things that happened between him and Lewis at the time. So mm-hmm. sort of had a chip on my shoulder towards Alonzo, but I will admit last year, he does seem to have come back with a bit of d- different attitude. Um, and he's, it's nice to see him so happy when he got that podium last year, which was an incredible yep. race, keeping those tires alive. So um, yeah. And so I guess I would just say, if I were to say dislike drivers, I would just generally the idea of pay drivers doesn't, sit that well with me when there's only 20 drivers in the world that get to be at the peak in formula one and there's maybe i don't know like six or so uh, maybe i don't know we could go through them but let's even if even two or three i think is maybe too many this i understand why it has to happen but i just don't like it that people that are more talented clearly aren't getting a chance because money yeah exactly michael uh michael Piastri, I believe is his name. He's yeah. the Oscar. The guy that won Oscar. Last year. Os- yeah. Oscar. Yes. Not I, I, there's so many Michaels. Yeah. Oscar. There's a lot of Michaels. Yeah, there are uh, <laughs> Oscar. Yeah. That's his name. He, he's obviously the, the backup for Alpine. He's, I guess they're sort of uh, 
just letting him like kind of observe um, sort of like how Mick uh, or no, sorry, um, Antonio's doing a Ferrari now, um, sort of like the backup driver. It's a real shame because, you know, he, you know, someone in Formula Two who's so good should get a seat in Formula One. Um, yeah. And it it is I mean, it, it it's got to be like extremely discouraging for these drivers in Formula Two, Formula Three or even IndyCar just to see all these drivers just basically pay to get there um, when there's drivers who are, who have so much skill and who could easily compete at the front, probably just not get their chance. It's a little bit disappointing. I'll say that I, I also used to be sort of against Fernando Alonso, obviously world champion, but pretty much before his, um, before he retired, uh, and came back he just had really horrible horrible time with McLaren and just you know he just seemed to have like a really sour attitude and you know looking back it's obvious why you know you have a terrible car that breaks down anytime you even have a chance to get points that's got to be like the most frustrating thing especially for somebody who's used to winning mm-hmm. um, but he's definitely gotten back in my good graces this past season I think he's he's obviously a good driver um seems like a cool guy i i'm not a fan of of uh akon i'm i've i've just uh he his interviews in drive to survive he seems like a cool guy you know obviously i'm gonna say that about everybody i was <laughs> every every guy in formula one seems like a cool guy but just his he's him and max are actually pretty similar and i know they had that incident a couple of years ago uh where esteban tried to unlap himself with right, max and yeah. it ended up causing the collision which cause the shove but just sort of his some his attitude sometimes when i just don't like when people won't take responsibility especially when it's like obviously their fault that's why you you know pretty much the only thing that kind of taints michael schumacher's reputation is that he was just he would not take responsibility ever and anytime he would be too aggressive or make a move that just wasn't okay he would pretty much blame it on the other guy and that just i hate that i don't like that at all and I feel like he suffers from that a little bit, but you know, he obviously is a good driver. He got this uh, P2 in um, the race this past season or no, he won. Sorry. Did, it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was Vettel that got Maybe P2. Thanks to Alonzo, but yeah, he yes, did win. absolutely. And sadly Vettel had that taken away from him, but mm-hmm. yeah, him getting that win was really, really cool. And he, he, he handled that really, really well. And, and his, he did handle a lot of his, mistakes this season a little bit better to me i did try to anytime i like having a certain opinion on a driver that's maybe more negative i try to sort of keep focus on them because i i would like to sort of anytime i dislike somebody i would like that opinion to change um and definitely this past season i my remarks on him have definitely gotten a little bit better but besides him and mazepin there's very there's not really any other drivers that i don't really care for i I hate to say it, but it, I definitely think it was time for Kimmy to retire last year. He, he, I mean, he would, he would say, he said it himself. He was sick of it. You know, he just had no, he had no fight left in him. And it was just kind of, it was just kind of sad to watch. Um, but I, I, I love him as a person. I hope he still has sort of like a, a spot in the community or whatever. I hope he just doesn't completely disappear, but yeah, for the most part, I like a lot of the other drivers like y'all's, Canadian drivers. Uh, I love Latifi. Uh, really, really um, terrible things 
he had to go through after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Um, but Stroll, yeah, he's a he, he's interesting. I actually I I, I kind of like him. He def you know he's obviously a paid driver. His dad owns the team, but he's had a lot of great moments. I feel like. Yeah, he, he's had his fair share of. Mm-hmm. He's, he's shown enough that it's not just it's not like a Mazman situation where it's yep. clear that he's just there because of his dad but it also is clear if it wasn't for his dad he wouldn't be there yeah but i don't know he just as a canadian he's not like uh he's not like your typical your typical canadian uh-huh. i guess you could say so he's not someone that i would say i root for very much but you know, right. i'm sure in like i'm going to the race in montreal this year which i'm super excited for but i'm sure once once I'm there in the crowd's obviously gonna be rooting for him because he's Canadian. I'm sure yeah. I hope he does well there, but uh yeah, he'd he'd be near the bottom for me. Right. But in terms of like actual race weekends, how would you say like when you're uh watching a race or trying to find out information for a race, like what what do you use? Like obviously we use, we both use Reddit a lot. Um but like so how do you watch your races and like do you use like multiple screens? Like what's your what's your race setup? So uh I use like when I watch the race, I'll watch it uh, on just ESPN. Um, well, actually, most of the time it's on ESPN two, which their coverage is just Sky Sports. So I hear okay. um, the like Buxton, all those commentators. Um, but during the race, I'll I, I try to keep my focus on the race like as much as possible. But I'm also simultaneously looking at like the live feed on the Reddit, getting people's reactions because it's fun to it's fun to interact and to voice your opinion on things that are happening and also see other people's reactions, especially because I up until now have not had anybody to talk to about the sport. But yeah, for the most part, I just, I'll just watch it on TV. I'll, I I try to watch every race live. I've, I luckily was able to watch most of the races live. There was a couple of times where I had to work during the grand prix and like, I would be sitting there like waiting on my client to arrive and I would just like, they would be coming in and I'd be like typing information. I would have my phone under the computer screen. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this scene, this scene and this scene. And I'm just like watching like Max and Lewis, like battle it out in the first lap of Silverstone or whatever. And it's just, sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Um, I've, I did have to watch a couple of races on my phone, but I will catch all of them. But yeah, I definitely like doing the live feed with the live broadcast of the race. What about you? Right. Um, yeah, sorry. There's one thing I was gonna add there, but I forget. But whatever, it doesn't matter. For for me, I watch. Uh, you, I got F1 TV about halfway through last year, and it's pretty cool because you can watch like the onboards of each driver. You can. There's a thing called like the pit lane channel where I think it's Jolly Jolly on Palmer, wherever you say that, and a couple other guys that are more like knowledgeable of the tech side. So they really break down like more of the stuff about the tires and the pit stops and the strategy of the racing um but they also have like the main broadcast of the sky sports and there's no commercials which is nice oh. sometimes they go the commercial at the absolute worst time and they'll come back and someone will have like an overtake like yep. second or third and they won't even mention it yeah but uh yeah so and it's not too expensive i think it's maybe like 10 15 a month or something like that it's not it's not crazy expensive so um i like to do that and then yeah i always have I always have like the reddit up and twitter or whatever's going to yeah just to see just to see what people are saying but um depending on the race depending on how it's going but yeah i think that's that's pretty much how i do it. we yeah we have like we have it on cable here as well on like tsn but they show the sky sports and then they just cut it the commercials sometimes are annoying the way they cut in at the worst times but 
um, first world problems. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I how I do it. Um, are you watching anything anything interesting now in terms of racing? I know DTS comes out March 11th, the new season. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm definitely actually I'm 100% going to get the F1 TV this season just because I had a little bit of problem. You know, I have I have YouTube TV. I don't have like Xfinity or DirecTV or anything like that. I don't have like a good cable hookup. And sometimes with the streaming um, or with YouTube TV specifically, there was like I forget which Grand Prix it was, but it just wasn't being broadcast. Oh. So I yeah I actually I found a I found a live feed on Reddit thankfully, so I was able to watch, but. I just, I just not being able to guarantee being able to watch the race live is not that not good for me because I want to, I want to take in as much as possible. And I, I didn't even know you could watch like the onboards of the cars for each driver. That's, that's really sick. I'm yeah definitely, I'm definitely going to get that for this season. I, I try to, I, I love watching the qualifying too. Like mm-hmm. the practices are cool. Just getting to see sort of a, how the drivers are sort of taking to the track, but the qualifying is just it's almost as fun to watch as the race for me honestly yeah for sure i think i was gonna say something about how the one of the top things in north america that holds back a bit of the fandom is sometimes on sunday morning the races are at like 7 8 a.m and Bro, i mean yes. it's not that early but it's a little early you know so it's gonna be a little tough mm-hmm. but um it's not the biggest deal uh what's your opinion on sprint races and then i think there's about three this year yeah um gosh i i, sh- I should have uh, written down which races they were i think I, I i wasn't a fan of the sprint races this past season but just because it it seemed like pointless to me it just seemed like they were just trying to create more racing basically they just wanted m- more laps and what bothered me the most is that they didn't call it a race it is a race mm-hmm. it's a short race but it's a race it i don't I didn't like how the points were handed out three points to number one, then two points, then one point, and then no other points for the rest of the, um, the rest of the grid. I don't like, I didn't like that at all, but what they've come up with for this upcoming season, I definitely like a lot giving points to the top 10, I think is really cool. It's really smart. It gives people incentive to want to overtake. I mean, if you're last season, you know, if you're in sixth, you know, why are, you're not going to fight for fourth? You know what I mean? Right. If, while Max and Lewis and Bottas are way in the distance, there's really no point. But now there is a point. I I like that pole or in the record books, pole is going to be given to the qualifying pole position. I think that's a good move. I did not like that pole was considered the winner of the sprint race. I thought that was dumb. But yeah, I think I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. I don't like the idea of that being the norm. I like it being sort of like a, like a, like an anomaly sort of like something that happens a couple of times a year. I think that's, I think that's going to be really cool. I know some people don't like it at all, but I like what's, I like what they're doing this upcoming season. Yeah. It's nice when it's just like a, once in a while it comes around you're like, Oh yeah, that's this weekend. It'll be fun. Yep. But it's, so the, they're setting it as the qualify whoever wins quality, they technically get pole, but say like max wins, is leading after quality but then like Checo is leading after the sprint race Checo would start the actual race in first correct yes like on technically pole but so that's why it's a little bit confusing but I agree that for the record yeah books, it does look better because otherwise qualifying is sort of diminished and I personally yep. I love qualifying like 
Q3 is like, it's so exciting. Those last few minutes, like the first it few is. minutes are obviously can be a little boring, but once mm-hmm. they get down to that, those final laps, it's unreal. Like Max is uh Jetta qualifying. Like he just oh crashed God. right at the end there, but that was one of the best laps of all time. That was unbelievable. So I, yeah, it's, great. yeah, it's, it sucks. Cause he could have like, I, that probably would have been like, that probably would have been the best lap of the entire season to me. Cause mm. just like, not only like, just how fast he was and like purple sector, purple sector, purple sector, just the stakes, like how bad he needed that. Mm-hmm. And that, that could have changed the whole direction, but it just, of, of course, with this, the way last season was, of course he crashed, just added more drama, more issues, but that whole uh, race, that whole weekend was just one drama after drama after drama. It was. I I, I really nice. like I really like Jetta. I think that track is really cool, especially in F one twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's so fast. So, it is. It's so much fun, and like you have to be really precise with your turns. Mm-hmm. But like God, it's just so quick. But yeah, qualifying is it's a blast. Um, I'm trying to think of like any other qualifying moments that stood out. Obviously Monza, but they did a sprint race at Monza. They did, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Lewis fell a few spots back, and then obviously, obviously the, their crash. What happened yeah. during the race? But yeah, yeah, yeah that was quite the race. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, the Brazil sprint race was definitely the best one. But like, I mean, anytime you're going to put one of the fastest cars at the back, and they're going to be going yep. through, like that's going to be more exciting. So like, I've I've argued <laughs> for not regret. I have no one to argue with. But like, I've thought at one point, like the like what they do in F two, they kind of do like a, a half reverse grid. They do like the the top. I don't know what it is, like the, the bottom 10 start, top 10 or something like that. I forget exactly how they do it, but they do one of there's a reverse reverse grid, which is kind of interesting because then you'll have like Mazapan starting first for the sprint race. But then so it like it, wow. it's very interesting to have like Lewis and Max coming from 20th to 19th and then they have to overtake. But I yeah. guess then there's the run, you run the risk of like we talked about earlier, if do you want to risk crashing out your car and then not being yeah. able to go in the real race? But that right. would be pretty interesting to see, even if they just did it once a year to see like just reverse the grid and have, you know, Max and Lewis starting at the back for yeah 30 laps or 25 laps or whatever it is. That'd be cool. I, I, again, I, I, I've recently started to like get more into it, but I, I did not watch any, I watched some highlights of formula two, but I did not even know that was a thing. Oh, okay. The, the reverse. And grid. I could that, be explaining it wrong, but I know there's, there's something in F2 where they do that. No, that is like, that's awesome like that mm. just you even saying that like just got me hyped just thinking about it like <laughs> just the thought of like Mazepin being at the front like even yeah. if it, it's just like it's so cool to me just because I just love I love underdogs I love mm. when someone who is just fighting their way you know obviously the champs you know or have their spot but like just even if it was once a year you know I don't think Formula One would ever do that but I think that would be really fucking cool yeah it'd be sweeter like uh, you know like every other sport has like all-star games like, yep. you can really do it with f1 because the amount it would cost and then like it's not worth the risk for the drivers but that'd be something like like you know show off their overtaking abilities and stuff that'd be yeah. really cool um but yeah speaking of like underdogs and stuff i've been watching just last night i was started watching on netflix there's this, this came across a documentary i think it must be new it's about bubba wallace he's a nascar driver it's called race um and like i, I couldn't care less about nascar but He's, I think, only like the fourth ever NASCAR driver that's black. And obviously, with yep. what's been going on in the world the last few years, he's been, he's taken a stand and that's caused a lot of uh, 
friction in the NASCAR community, you could say. Like he's mm-hmm. he was he spearheaded the movement against getting the to get the Confederate flag removed from NASCAR, and then yeah. there was a whole controversy around someone putting a noose, whether or not they put a noose in his paddock, which even like that's messed up. Yeah. Just even have to deal with that stuff, and they do no. it. It's pretty good because they they mix in like his come. It's kind of like with Lewis, so it's like the only one. Um, but they mix like his come up with what's going on in the world, and it's it's interesting. So. Um, I'd recommend that for people looking for something to get them through the racing drought we're in right now, but we're only two weeks away. We're almost there. Yeah, absolutely. March, I, I, March I, I'm going to watch that. Absolutely. Cause I've, I've sort of, I haven't been like following him, but I've definitely read up a lot about him. I, I like him a lot. Obviously what he stands for is great. And he's a great driver. Yeah. Um, uh, that the, 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 the same race that uh, Villeneuve uh, qualified for, I know people were, also talking uh, trash about Bubba Wallace that they were saying that he also wasn't going to qualify, but then of course he did. Yeah. I think he was second. Yeah. He ended up getting second place, which is like insane. I I absolutely love that. Um, Mm. I I'll get that. uh, What did you say it was called? Is it on Netflix? It's called. Yeah. I think it's called race Bubba Wallace. Something like that. It's probably, it was at the top of the page when I signed on. So it's, it must be new. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'll definitely watch that. That sounds awesome. I guess we've been going for a while here. Should we uh, maybe plug our socials and get out of here? I think so. Yeah, this so is. We haven't posted yeah, much yet, but no. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, we're we're still obviously first episode. Yeah, I, I think it went really well. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we have uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and obviously the podcast is going to be going on um, different avenues wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just make sure to follow us where our social accounts are still very, very new. So there may be some features like I know YouTube, we don't have a custom URL yet. We won't be able to do that until we get a hundred subscribers, but I feel like that's going to come really quickly, especially with consistent content and stuff like that. But yeah, for everybody listening, yeah, it's, this is like just the start. And obviously we, this is our first time doing this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you, you know, you're obviously in sports broadcasting, so you have a little bit more experience, but I've never done a podcast before. So I apologize if I've stumbled over my words or said the, um, a bunch, uh-huh. but you know, that's something that's going to improve over time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're still working out the kinks We're we're going to get there. Um, I think it, I think for our first episode though, it went, really really well it was a blast uh but yeah make sure give us a follow on everything if you enjoyed this um follow us rate five stars all that stuff but yeah do you have anything you want to say before we sign off um just our twitter is i think it's just harder soft f1 and yep. youtube will probably just post it under i think it's just harder soft harder soft yeah, podcast you type in something along those lines i guess you got to be careful typing in harder soft sometimes but just put in <laughs> just put an f1 at the end of that and uh, yeah you'll be good but yeah well if you follow us on anything we'll link to all the other stuff but yeah we'd appreciate any feedback or uh, anyone that liked it hated it let us know but yeah i definitely had a good, yeah. a good fun time doing this and i think we're going to try and put out one at least one every week and then yep some clips and other things and then once the season starts we'll try and mix in some other content but yeah no this was a lot of fun yeah, no, it was great. And of course, if anything like absolutely insane drops, you know, we can always jump in here and record like a quick 30 minute podcast or whatever we need to. But yeah, the goal is definitely once a week getting that consistency in. But yeah, it was, this has been great. I've highly enjoyed it. I'm very looking forward to the future of this podcast and discussing this season. I think it's going to be an absolute blast. It's going to be a banger. But yeah, it's been great.
All right, man. Well, I'll, uh, we'll chat soon, but this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time.